Hello, and welcome to the Violin Geek Podcast. I'm Laurel Thompson, and today I'm hoping I'll shed some light for you on the difference between the classical shift and the romantic shift. If you don't shift at all, if you're not at that point in your training, then you can still listen on and probably gain some tips for when you do start to learn how to shift. And most of us, when we start to encounter music that's in a higher position, say the third position, we don't actually know how to get up there. But maybe for that one section of the piece, our teacher shows us how to get up there and how to get back. And it's generally a pretty scary thing to take on. So it's nice to actually have a shifting practice as part of your technique. And we're not going to really be discussing how to shift here, but just once you do know how to shift, how the differences between these two shifts can contribute to the interpretation of the pieces that you're working on. There's subtle differences as far as tone goes, but it's a pretty big difference as far as the actual technique goes. So if you're shifting from one finger, say the first finger, up and you're going to just be staying on the first finger in the new position, so you're not actually changing fingers as you shift, then classical and romantic, it, it, it just doesn't even apply. Um, that's sort of its own category and we don't have to worry about that uh, as far as which technique to use. The classical and the romantic shift is only relevant if we're changing fingers in our shift. So say we're going from a first finger to a third finger or a second finger to a fourth finger or a third finger down to a first finger, something like that. Then it depends on which finger is our shifting is our shifting finger and whether it's the finger that we started the shift with or the finger that we end the shift with. So we'll break this down. If you're starting to already get kind of the, you know, spinning brain syndrome, wondering what the hell is she talking about? No, you know, don't fear. This will all become clear very soon. So coming and shifting, like I said, just say let's uh, say we're in first position, first finger on the B, and then I'm going to shift up and play the first finger into third position and play it as a D. So that is just a shift. If, however, I were to play that first finger, B, and I were to shift up and play now a third finger in third position, which in this case I'm going to play an F sharp, so... This is a shift that could be accomplished in two different ways, either the classical way or the romantic way. And it's really not something that has to be just employed within those eras of music. So you don't have to just do classical shifts in classical music, era music, such as Mozart. You don't just have to do romantic shifts in romantic era music, say Brahms. Um, well, I mean, what about Baroque music? What about if you wanted to play Renaissance music or you wanted to play fiddle music or jazz or whatever, or more modern classical music? It's more about just the sound that we create and where we want to um, employ that, that type of sound and expression. So here, let's start with the classical shift. And I'm going to do the first finger and then the finger that is going to slide up and stay in contact with the string because we don't want to jump. I don't want to jump off the string. So I'm going to slide up on the first finger, just very light pressure, and when the first finger gets to about the point of third position, where the D would be, the third finger is then going to go down. Okay, so one, slide on one, and three. 
And hopefully you can visualize this. If you want some, some in-person help, then um, you can always email me and we can try and set up a Skype lesson and, and I'll show you all of this uh, in, on video. So one, slide up on one, play three. So that's a classical shift. If I were to do that same thing as a romantic shift, I would play the one, the first finger B. I would actually slide up on the three, and then I'd play the three. So put together, we'd get a little bit more of, of a glissando slide into the second note. If I slur it, you can hear it more. And thus it has more of that romantic sound that we might want to use to get kind of, you know, more of this schmaltzy or um, just expressive, expressive sound. So I'll play both for you, just one after another so you can see the difference. So classical, and I'll, I'll slur these just so you can see that. So classical would be, and romantic would be. So you can hear there's just, just a slight bit more of that glissando sound going into the romantic shift. So if we want to get that kind of a sound, then that might be a good choice for a shift. And if our ears are attuned to the shift, the harmonic kind of sound of the shift as we're, as we're moving up or moving down to the note we're shifting to, like this kind of in-between sound, then because you're sliding in with the second finger for the um, the second finger of the shift, rather, for the romantic shift, um, it's often easier to really hear that and know exactly when you're getting into position. So that is the romantic shift, and then the classical shift would um, be a good choice for just all your general shifts. I say, you know, pretty much do the classical shift all the time, and then in certain places you can do the romantic shift when you want a little bit more expression. So let's look at the classical and romantic shifts when we're coming down. So let's just reverse that shift that we just did from third position to first with an F sharp in third position on the A string and a B in first position um, on the A string as well. So here, the classical, we would slide down on the three. So we'd play three and then we'd slide down on three and then we'd play one. So three, slide down on three, one. Okay, the romantic would be three, the F sharp, slide down on one, and play one. So, and the descending romantic shift to me doesn't make quite as much sense because if you want to get that little glissando sound, you could probably just as easily to kind of just drag your, drag your, in this case, a third finger, your starting finger all the way down if you wanted to do that right and really get that kind of a sound so then for the shift where you're you're switching fingers so you're not going from a finger that's say lower in your hand like a first finger to a finger that's higher in your hand or vice versa but maybe you're going from like um, let's do second finger C sharp on the A string to first finger um, in third position, a D. So C sharp, shift up to D. So here for the classical shift, you would slide up on your second finger, because it's the starting finger, right? 
and then as soon as that kind of moves into position where your one would be, your one takes over. And then moving down as a classical shift, you would move and slide on your one. One would play, one would move, two would go down. So one, shift on one, two. And if you wanted to do that as a romantic shift, you would begin with your second finger C sharp and then slide up on your one. So So one would be kind of down below and it would kind of slide up. That one, it's a little bit, no, this is really subtle stuff, but that one seems even more subtle as far as the, the technique even of what you're doing. Um, because as it is, you kind of, you know, the, the two fingers have to do a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a trade-off there to make that shift happen. So coming down from that shift, so you're in third position with the first finger on the D there, and you'd be coming down. For romantic, the second finger would kind of slide down into place. So, and again, in that, you know, in that way where we're kind of trading off with the fingers, it doesn't really feel that different between the classical and the romantic shift. We really get it when we're doing the one that we were doing before. And so other examples, you know, if you're changing strings and doing the shift, it would be the same idea. Maybe you're going from a first finger E on the D string up to a second finger E in third position on the A string. So classical, you'd slide up on the one for a little while until you get to where the two would be, and then you'd shift your bow over to the A string. And that would be classical. Romantic would be more play the one kind of slide up on two on the A string to the second finger E up there. So hopefully you get the idea about this. And like I said, classical shifts, if you only want to learn one kind of shift, I'd learn the classical shift. And once you're pretty confident with that, then I would start to think about the romantic shift and where that might add some life to your pieces some places where you might do a classical shift or a romantic shift rather would be say you're you're working up to like a pinnacle note of a phrase and you want to have just a little bit more of that um, expression there one example would be the humoresque by Anton Dvorak so Dvorak was a was a romantic composer so you can understand why probably this would work in his music um, there's this part here where, I mean, we could stay in first position, but it, it's kind of nice to, to do that romantic shift up into this kind of pinnacle note that hopefully you hear here. So. so you can hear that little bit of a glissando between the first and second note there, hopefully. There, I made it a little bit more obvious. Um, so it could be something that's really subtle or it could be something that's super obvious and and almost over the top, right? But that gives it a little bit of a different flavor than if you were just, you know, kind of note by note, almost like plunking on a piano keyboard. Um, most of the time you're gonna hear something in the shift and, and if you can use that sound um, as something that can support your interpretation and your expressiveness, rather than detract from it and be like these kind of extraneous sounds, then that's the best. And uh, a lot of that is just learning how to, to shift lightly and, and when you don't want to shift quite as lightly to place those shifts in places where it really makes sense. So that's the humoresque there as an example. Um,
trying to think if there's anything else here in this piece that might might be a place to put a romantic shift. Um, not really seeing anything actually. So, but I think you get the idea. Um, I have a guide which is actually it covers this material, which you can get through. String Letter Publishing, and if you go to my website, and uh, actually right there on the homepage, there's a little mini bio there with my photograph, and through that you'll see a link to improve your violin and, and viola technique, and if you just click on that, it's a, it's a book video guide, and one of the chapters in there is all about shifting, and, and there's video and text and everything, and I think it's like $2.50 US dollar. Um, to, to download that and I think those videos run probably 10 or 15 minutes so it's a really good use of, of 250 I think um, <laughs> to get that and, and to see me teaching you how to actually do the shifts and then how to do classical versus romantic and all of that so so that could be an option to if you want to learn more about all of this and and have it in a visual form so anyway that's it for today on the Violin Geek Podcast. I hope you enjoyed and got something out of this. You can send me any comments, questions, or suggestions to my email, which is laurel at laurelthompson.com. That's L-A-U-R-E-L-T-H-O-M-S-E-N. That's also my website, laurelthompson.com. And please go and check me out on Facebook as well, which is just Laurel Thompson Music. And I try and keep that page energized and <laughs> entertaining. But um, it's really a community space where I hope that you'll uh, contact me and uh, send me a like or post a question or a comment and uh, start a little community there. I also encourage you to go and check out the two CDs I put out this last year. One is called Light and Shadow and it's an EP of six of my original pieces. We have some gypsy jazz and some more classical sounds and some more fiddle sounds, both Appalachian and Celtic, and um, all just all sorts of different genres that I kind of fused into some instrumentals as well as some vocal pieces. And then I put out an 18 album CD with Dan Frechette, my, um, my singer-songwriter musical partner and uh, that's just called Dan and Laurel and both of those can be found if you type in my name Laurel Thompson in CD Baby, cdbaby.com. So please go check those out and download them and enjoy them. Um, put a lot of hard work into those and so far I've been getting rave reviews so um, hopefully you'll enjoy that too. And finally I am accepting new students so if you're interested in some private lessons whether they are weekly or occasional lessons and whether you're a beginner or, or a more advanced student, then please send me an email or uh, go to my site and check out my teaching page. And uh, I do that via Skype and also in person. So please get in touch and be happy to help you in any way I can. So until next time, happy practicing. <laughs>